0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another installment of the Comics Pals Book Club. This time, tackling Uzumaki. Probably one of my favorite horror mangas, I think. I think think as of right now, it's like at the top of my list next to just like a few others. Um, So before we get into this, because I really want to jump in, uh, let's do the plugs. And then... uh, We'll go, we'll go right into... Uh, oh,
1: my God. Oh, and, I can't and stand bit. that sound. So guys, it's just uh, piercing my ears. Ah!
2: Oh, that's a joke from the book, guys. That was
3: a
0: reference. Yeah, that was a reference. I get
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> it's because Marco's voice is like a shrill spiral in
4: your head. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. So you can find us on social media at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, we're on all the stri- the streaming platforms, uh, and if we're not there, let us know. We can uh, try to get there. Yeah. So let's go right into it. And I, I want to start. I want to start specifically on uh, what you guys know about Junji Ito. Uh, well,
4: I think Nothing. he
2: wrote and drew this. That's kind of where I well that's outside most of most of my knowledge. Oh
3: didn't, well, I gave it to you all. Didn't he write a slice of life horror manga about his
2: cat?
0: Yeah, he did actually.
2: Oh, look at Mr. Showoff over here. Teacher's pet, am
0: I right? <laughs> 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 so uh, specifically, I wanted to start with Junji because his work has been, and his career has been um, at least in, in Japan relatively short within like the past 20 years. And, and usually it takes uh, a writer to have a long series to really reach like the kind of level of fame that he has uh, especially recently. And that's due to a large part of his books, obviously, he was a market, which we're going to touch upon, Chomei and Gyo, all of which are other horror manga series. Um, so I wanted to shoot out some quick facts because I do think that he is a creator that you really should be checking out outside of just what we're going to read. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, he recently received an Ajner Award for his manga adaptation of Frankenstein uh, 2019. So it was released... Earlier this year, it was his take on Mary Shelley's The Frankenstein. He has had the best adaptation from another medium for that. Um, and he has a number of art shows that only... He's the only Japanese artist to have had an art show in China uh, in the past, I think, 30 years, specifically oh. because of uh, how much his art is praised out in, um, in Japan, in China, and in parts of Southeast Asia.
2: Breaking down barriers over there, huh?
0: Yeah, dude. Have
2: you gone to one?
0: I haven't. I wish. Uh, Kale actually got to see some of it. He posted uh, some Uzumaki art, right, Kale?
3: Yeah. Uh, they had a, a special horror um, segment at the manga exhibit in the
2: British Museum. Oh, my God. The teacher's pet is at it again. <laughs> Uh, He's listen. like,
1: um, um, sir. I went to the. I actually went to the museum and saw it myself. I took pictures of me in front of it. Can I get extra credit?
2: Oh, I hate all of you.
1: It's like <laughs> one of those little, just wieners, you know. It's just like, geez, man.
3: Listen, I deserve it. My parents are rich, and I'm beautiful. <laughs> I
1: don't know.
4: Uh Kale
0: Ward, the face of white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, so. We're here to talk about Uzumaki by Jujio. Yeah, we are. Uh, and I want to start with Phil. Um, okay. How did, how did you start this book? How did you come in starting this book? And then how did you sort of leave it?
2: Mm, yeah, I came in uh, back to front, right to left, like you're supposed to. And uh, that's not Boo. how it worked for me. It <laughs> didn't work very well. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've never read a full manga before. Really, for Ever. real, me neither. <laughs> Ever in my entire what? life. Yeah, we're gonna have
3: to do some more manga, my dudes. <laughs>
2: um, I loved it. I thought it was friggin' fantastic. Uh, it was everything I loved. Uh, it was spooky. It was weird. Uh, it kind of reminded me of this old Toho horror movie called House. Or Hausu, as it's called in Japan I think uh, which is also kind of this like weird surreal body horror film um, I don't know uh, I think it's really 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 challenging to do like effective horror uh, in graphic reading format and this is probably my favorite horror like no it's not a comic but like my favorite horror comic I've ever read. It's up there, isn't, at it least. A, isn't it a comic? Would you say manga's I different? Know, but, I don't know. Man. I would.
0: Yeah, okay. it, in, in its in its form. Slightly.
2: Uh yeah, it was it was exceptional. I uh I I messaged Marco after I finished reading it, and I said, I will never doubt your 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 taste again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh
0: thank you. So there's that. Sean, I'm interested to hear your opinion because you had started it previously but hadn't finished it, right?
5: Yeah, so a friend of mine was trying to get me into manga. I feel like every other person in my life tries to get me into manga or anime, (laughs) and I always refuse them. Um, This time I gave it a a shot. He had recommended me to read something prior to this, but for the life of me, I cannot remember what it was called. Um, Dragon Ball? No, no. I, I've I've read I, I've read like Shonen Jump. I used oh, okay. to buy that um, because of an unrelated game that they would have a code for in there. And I would read like the Dragon Ball and Yugi stories and that was fine. But it was like hard to read, especially at that time because I was still the new comics reader and so I was learning two different styles at the same time and it screwed me up. Eventually I just stopped reading the shonen jumps altogether. So he let me Uzumaki. I read maybe thirty percent of it And then I put it down, and then we had to read it for this. I was like, all right. gives me a reason to finally finish this book that my friend let me borrow. Uh, I read it really fast, actually, because even though it is over 600 pages, uh, it's not like a comic in the sense that you... Well, I mean, I'll only speak for myself. The way that I consumed it was very quickly I realized that it wasn't as important to look at every detail in the art. And the dialogue is extremely plain, so you can breeze through it. You could probably know what the characters are saying if there were no dialogue at all.
2: That's effective um, storytelling. It I is, think. yeah.
5: And so, um, yeah, I, I read through it fast, and uh, by the end I came away with thoughts that uh, I'm eager to contribute to this conversation, especially now that Uzumaki has become so popular. Here in the states, I feel like everyone's talking about it, so I'm anxious to get into the conversation.
2: Sean, like you, I've had a lot of friends in my life uh, (laughs) try to push me into different animes and mangas, and like you, I've you know throw them over the top ropes and said, "Not today." That's right. (laughs) Uh, And I think I think I. This is my advice to you and to myself. We can't tell anyone we've read this because it'll only get worse.
5: <laughs> that, that's a good point, dude. I'm I'm just not gonna tell anybody about this experience.
0: It will <laughs> it will only get better. Trust me on that.
2: This is why we can't tell anyone.
0: <laughs> uh, Pete, a recent convert to anime, curious to hear about it. What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say I'm probably a little
1: bit further. Uh, in the middle of that spectrum than Phil and Sean because I am a fan of a handful of anime um, like Full Metal Alchemist and uh, My Hero Academia or two that spring to mind as like you know I'm a fan and a proponent of but aside from that I like I don't really have much of a connection to uh, to Japanese media outside of video games so this was actually the first manga I'd ever read to it like I said before and I went into it with kind of mixed expectations because um, I kn- like obviously I, I trust your taste, Marco. You and I generally align on comics pretty frequently, and you're not one to recommend things to people just because you like them. It's usually because you have an inkling that it will appeal to them, so I assumed going into it that there would be something here for me, and I know that it has this legacy and that it is a very, very well-regarded book, but um having my own i don't want to say prejudice but i guess just like inexperience and general kind of attitude that like this isn't really for me usually like i went in not really knowing if it was gonna resonate with me in a major way and uh, i'm happy to report that it did um i definitely have some criticisms of it that i think are just speak to my broader kind of um some of the problems I have with the way that Japanese storytelling generally handles certain things. It's like, it's uh there are patterns that I've recognized in the Japanese media that I've consumed. And I think it's generally why it doesn't appeal to me is these little things that I also noticed here. But I think that like by and large, um, I was really, really impressed by it. I I thought that the art was really phenomenal. And I actually think it's, the best or at least my favorite horror comic that I've ever read um, because I think that it really it was a real page turner and it it for whatever reason the the visual aesthetic of it and the, the way that you know uh, builds anticipation like really really had me on the edge of my seat. You know like I like I think Sean said how many pages is this like I read it in two sittings. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think that speaks to the fact that it's it's engaging. You know, it wasn't a book that I found easy to put down and walk away from once I had started it. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into more of it, but um overall high marks from me.
2: Is there any other kind of, you know, uh Japanese storytelling uh tendencies you can, you know, kind of shine a light on for the rest of us, Eastmaster? <laughs> In, in terms of like what, in
1: terms of what doesn't work for me, or
2: no, in general, since uh, you, you're oh no, no, no I'm, not, a I'm not biting on that. That's that's bait.
3: Uh, kale. Damn! I can't believe we brought that back. It,
1: it never went away, Kale. You just did.
4: <laughs> Maybe I should have stayed
3: gone. <laughs> Um, I just want to point out that the uh, the edition I have, which is probably the most recent uh is is' its ni- is the book's ninth printing
4: Wow, wow holy shit.
5: Can you show that just so wow. we can see it? Okay, cool yeah, that's actually the same one I
4: have.
1: So yeah. Kale and I found out via me tweeting earlier today that I guess, I guess I read an earlier print of it, and um, there's actually some some differences. Oh really? So yeah. I guess it's been trans- mine, it's been translated by multiple people. Oh, mine
3: says mine uh in the part where the dude turns into a snail, uh the the bully calls the dude a, a glacial turd, and then in pizza he calls him a glacial fuck.
0: Get out! Really? Yeah. yeah. And oh, like mine the, says someone- turd. I think. That
2: might be a thing. Some of the
1: thing. the lettering is different too. Like um Kale showed me a page of his, like where uh where it was the part in the the hospital arc. Yeah. Where um uh Oh my god, I'm so bad with names. Shui-chi. What's the boyfriend's name? Yeah. Shuichi. Shuichi is uh he's like glancing around and it's like glance, glance, glance. And it's yeah. like oh, he's yeah. really chunky, uh, you know like letters on his but on mine they were like super thin and like gritty looking but it's still it's still just glance 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 but
3: it's your said glance for real it
1: still says glance it's oh, just man. different text for some that's reason that's so
3: weird wow that's really it's, interesting it's
1: really weird it's really well, strange that's a cool call out yeah I think I think I was reading the original print uh,
3: yeah the original Um, in this book it says the original was printed in 2002
1: right yeah because it was published in like 97 in Japan yeah yeah
3: uh, yes, yeah, so for me, um, I consider myself a fan of horror, and then I picked up this book, and,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: I, went, and I went, you know
4: what?
0: Maybe I can't handle this.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, w- I, I was
0: curious, because I know that like for, for Punisher, you had to sort of step aside on that one, so I was curious how you'd handle this, because I tried to give this to my coworker. He's also a comic reader, and... and he likes this sort of stuff. I showed him. He's like, "Yeah, no." Um, I, mean, right. I mean,
1: this shit is unsettling and some of it's yeah. like real violent.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like uh I you let me uh Sabrina. Oh, that's right. Marco. Uh The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which has some moments that are dark and pretty messed up and I was like, "Okay, yeah, no, this uh this bugs me a little, but it's not that big a deal." <laughs> but the first time I read this, I I I had to go take a walk. <laughs> I like put it down and just like that's it sticks with you in a in a way. Yeah,
0: we were talking about uh, that earlier. I said is uh, it kind of like takes a piece of you with it.
3: Yeah, Damn. yeah. Um, that said, like I I do really like it, but it's it's gonna be a while before I pick up a Nido book
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I bathed in it. Oh. <laughs> Save. <laughs> I love it. All the spirals on my body. <laughs> I no, that's not a thing that you want if I learned
1: anything
4: from this book. So <laughs>
0: easy, easy snail boy. <laughs> so I wanna um, I Speed wanna Speed it approach, up, Marco. Speed it up. I wanna approach this book uh, by its themes. Uh, for me it's biggest three, and I wanna start with obsession. Like that is something that is prevailing throughout this entire series. For me, that was probably the most unsettling part of it was the fact that these characters were so fixed on something so almost meaningless, but then finding meaning in that and then fucking everything up, right? So um, your perceptions on that. Do you think they found meaning in it? Well, yeah. I mean, like it it was what dragged them to either their own deaths or, for example, in uh, the first and second part of The Spiral Obsession... Uh, our main character Kirie, her dad, right, is so obsessed by the spirals that they essentially uh, lead him to fit himself into and become a spiral by destroying his own body. Like oh, he—that
2: was the Harry Harry Potter looking guy's dad. That was that was Shuichi's dad.
0: Oh, sorry, Shuichi's
3: yes. Uh, but I, I but what you said was they found meaning in it. I don't know if I agree with that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I think it's like a, I think that's a poor choice of words for what you're trying to get across. It's that they like they become consumed by it, and like it ends up defining their lives, but not in a way that is like meaningful, right? Like I think it is like, it's almost like a moth to a flame.
2: Well, that flame is meaningful to the moth before it dies. Um... I think it depends on the characters. I think the two dads, the, the the girl and the boys' dads, they find a lot of meaning in the spirals, even if it means their untimely deaths. Because, like in the case of the, the in the case of the girl, our protagonist, uh, her whole dad is her, her dad's whole deal is talking about how the spirals are, is art, <laughs> right? Yeah, right.
1: and I mean, like, and that does end up leading to his demise in a less immediate way, but he dies sculpting alongside the side of the you know the lake just like
5: everybody else. See my my thing with with this book and this was one of my biggest takeaways is that I don't feel like anything had meaning. And that was actually pretty frustrating because even in those examples of the two dads like all right so the All I saw in that was that they were under the control, of, they were under the thrall of the spiral. And so if that's the case, it's not that there's meaning in it it's just that they don't have control over themselves anymore. And to me that's a totally different thing. And so in the case of everyone who becomes consumed by this it's not necessarily their fault we don't even have an understanding of who these people are outside of this because the entire town is consumed by the spiral. So it's it's in, in like in the case of the girl who wants to be noticed. So, uh, what are we going with her name? Kiri, you said, Marco. No, no, the, the was, main
1: character. That's different, cause Kyrie's the main girl. The girl who wanted to be noticed was the
5: one who was competing with. I, her. I know, I know. I'm trying to get somewhere. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. in the in the case, Marco, would you say kiri uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Okay, is the the so, girlfriend? Right. So Kyrie, she her hair just grows right, and it's not her own choice, and we know that she's a good person, because we've been with her throughout the book, and then this other girl is jealous of her, so her her hair grows too, did she make that happen, did Kyrie make that happen, we don't know, there is no answer, and by the end of the book, I don't feel like you know a lot more about why this is happening or why certain people are impacted and others maybe aren't or why it took so long for certain people to be impacted. We don't know anything. And so it just it's it, because of that the story feels hollow for me.
0: See, and and the, that that was actually going to be one of my so this is actually the that third theme that I was going to touch on, which is just this overall sense of mysticism that enthralls this entire book. From page 1, there's this magical energy and this feeling that you can't and don't have control over what you are what you are and what you are doing and and uh, specifically this was attached to his love for HP Lovecraft right so like oh, like taking this cosmic oh. horror reach and bringing it down right so like th- this I, I definitely hear what you're saying but I think that that effect plays to the horror aspect the cosmic horror aspect that he's trying to bring down to the ground level.
1: Okay. There's, Just to. Oh, I was going to agree with
5: you, but go ahead, John. <laughs> Well, so, like, to that point, most of the horror that I've consumed in my life has either elements of that or the more human element of, you know, this is something that's happening because of a bad person or something gone wrong, right? And at the end of it, t- or even in the middle, somewhere along the lines, typically there are. Lessons to be learned. There's a, you know, some kind of a moral or some questions that the book leaves with you, and that's why I read horror, or why I consume horror, really in any form. And this book didn't have that. I, I think so to to, to,
4: to
1: jump off Sean's point, I I kind of left was left with a similar feeling, and not to the point where I felt like the story is like hollow because I still. I still think it's a good, um, like I get, I get what you're saying, Marco, in terms of like the mysticism and the symbology, and like there's a lot of, there's a lot of beats that really work for me. But in terms of the overall takeaways, I, I kind of feel like the, the run out lives its premise a little bit. Like, I, I don't think we needed 19 issues to finish this and still not really have a satisfying answer as to what happened or what the point of anything was, like. I don't necessarily need an answer, but there's really nothing I, I like less in horror than when you get to the end, and it's like, all right, we're at the end. Here's a big summation of what happened. And in this, it's literally just like, they were built forever ago by someone, and we don't know who, and I don't know why Jun- Shinichi knows this all of a sudden, but he does, and now I guess this is just what happened and then it'll happen again and it'll happen again because spirals and it's just like, okay, you like, know,
2: and that's kind of where we're left. Yeah. And I, that's the point, right? Like the whole point is it's like in the very beginning of the story, we ourselves are at the very beginning of a spiral and we can see everything beyond us and everything in the middle without any sort of, any sort of obstacle because everything is hunky-dory and normal and it's from that thread that things start to unravel like a spiral would and by the end of the story we are at the very outermost point of the spiral completely far away from the center where we can no longer look in and beyond is all uh it's it's unforeseeable to vast and it's the vastness and the whole point is that there's a thing in horror that bugs me to no end is when there's ham-fisted exposition to try to explain something that's completely supernatural um and here we just like the characters in the book can't explain what's happening all we know is that all evidence indicates that this has happened before and it will happen again. In real life, there would be no convenient, you know, MacGuffin to explain away why things are happening. It's just some kind of curse and it's happening. And all these characters have to surrender their fate to something much greater to- than them. And that's what happens in the last issue with the two main characters. I love it. I think it's terrific. I, I, I there the, 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 There's nothing scarier than not having control over your destiny. It's this like illusion of control, and that's what the characters think they have. That's their obsession. Our main characters is that they think they have control over their destiny and they clearly do not.
1: I don't agree with that though, because they spend the entire second part of the of the arc trying to escape a hopeless situation in which the entire time and that i think that's my biggest problem with it if there was no explanation and the explanation was this is a supernatural event and you're succumbing to it and that's it like fine but i think the fact that the the second part of the arc where like the town becomes insular i think it's like after uh chapter 14 when there's the introduction of the reporter character yeah like I I think that that whole part like kills the momentum of the story because I feel like before then it's very much this kind of like it feels like an anthology where it's like it's another event that happens in the town. This town is weird. And I loved that part. But as soon as they got to the actual like crux of the storyline of explaining what's happening and trying to solve everything. I don't feel like the characters ever feel like they have agency or power or that they're, they think they have it figured out and that the comeuppance is, cause that would be to me, that would be like what Sean was saying. That would be the lesson, right? That you can't be the master of your own destiny that we're all, you know, like getting swept up in fate and, and you're just another thing in the whirlpool. Like fine. But I don't feel like that's the takeaway. Because the characters spend the whole time being like, what are we going to do? We're trapped. We're never going to get out of here. And then they don't. And it's like, okay, do we need five issues of this? I don't know.
0: But that's the thing. You're going through that experience and they're not escaping. right? It's like they are trapped by that and they are trying to make sense of it. And because they can't, they don't and they won't. It's an unknowable. And that unknow, that not knowing is the that ultimate horror. Like whether or not they can, they can rationalize it or find... Sense of it at the end, if they had escaped, like, even if they had escaped, right? Then that wouldn't be telling the story because that the, the story is that you can't escape it.
1: Well, the thing but, is, I don't want the, to, them to have escaped. I want there to be a reason why they didn't escape that gives me something as a reader.
5: Pete, if if so if so if what you're saying is correct, then I think what Pete said is right. Why does Shuichi have to explain what this is? He he out, out of nowhere has this knowledge. Of an ancient city that's being built by who the hell knows who, and this thing will happen again and again. How does he know that? But and I don't and think. It, and if he does know that, then and and we're and we're being told this. Even if he doesn't, even if it's an even if it's a narrator from above,
1: or an educated guest, whatever. Yeah,
5: whatever it is, that still is that explanation of it that goat that flies in the face of what you guys are saying where it's this unknowable thing. That's a half-cocked answer. It's like, here's a presentation of what it might be. We think this is what it is. We don't really know, but maybe we do. But that's only half the story. Like, I think it would have been a better ending if the
1: exact same ending happened without that explanation and they're just both like, I can't run anymore. And then they're just like, yup. And they hug and then just accept oblivion. Like, that to me is like, okay.
0: And so... you. They didn't find meaning in that end.
1: Yeah, me. I don't. I don't. I don't feel that I, way. Yeah, I don't feel like there's a takeaway.
0: I
3: I I don't agree with what Pete and Sean are saying, but I also don't think they found meaning. No. Well,
5: so what do you? So what? what, <laughs> so do, what do you do disagree you with? Yeah. What do you? What do you actually? Well, think I think then? I think
3: the the cosmic horror angle. Like I didn't see Shuichi's explanation as anything that would be. You know, any more than an educated guess. He didn't know any anything more than anybody else. He gave great detail.
5: He, he absolutely <laughs> did not. He, he had a lot of details, my friend. What he said was...
3: Spirals suck things in. The eye follows the pattern to the center. I don't know who or what built all this or why. But every few hundred or thousands or tens of thousands of years... It can reach the people above ground, and though the builders are gone, maybe it's still building itself.
2: Yeah. that's how, how, how does he even know that? That that's well, he knows that because of the the, the houses, the the material that they're made of is at least a hundred years, hundred fifty years old. So everything he's saying is a, a guess. He's like hundreds to thousands to ten thousands of years. I don't know what did this. Like these are this is clearly just a theory. The only thing he has to go on is that these places that are not destructible by the whirlwinds are the old, some of the oldest things in town, and that's it. I don't know. Yeah, we just have to de- agree to disagree on that part. I think.
3: Yeah for for me the the cosmic horror part really worked, um, and I think I think the way that the and I think the reason it worked for me is because it it felt like it stayed true to the character it was following. I don't think the main character ever really knew what was going on and all she could do is react to what she was given.
0: And that's actually uh, something that I want to hear from you guys is how did you like that as a storytelling technique? Like her reacting to each individual horror?
5: I liked it at first. But after a while, it started to get really silly that she wasn't leaving. Um, <laughs> that I, she wasn't that she wasn't proactive. <laughs> yeah, like that was another thing that really bothered me about this book. Was it wasn't just her; it was everyone. Like, if 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 anything, if one of these things happened, I'd be like, "All right, I'm leaving now." You know, wherever I'm at, I'm out of that place forever. But she stayed. And she didn't even think to try to leave until her brother was growing a snail out of his back. But you saw that happen to, like, five kids at school. You grew your hair out. Uh, They tried to murder you. You saw pregnant women uh, impregnated by mosquitoes, and all of that was fine. But when your brother's growing a snail out of his back, that's when you're like, all right, it's time to pack it up. Uh, I, 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 I really didn't like that. I think the story for me would have worked a lot better if each chapter had a different protagonist or a group of protagonists because the idea that the same characters would continue to go through this over and over again just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially the
3: boyfriend, man.
5: Oh, my, my God. Dad,
3: my dad and my mom both die because of these fucking spirals. I'm
1: out. I'm out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Well, I think it's so funny because he's like, yo, let's leave. And she's like, no. And he's like, all right.
5: And he calls yeah. everyone else stupid, and yet he's still
2: there. Yeah. Um, she doesn't want to leave because her parents are there. She feels bound to stay with her family. And even when she tries to leave, and she can't, her first thing is, "I need to get my parents." That's her whole Resolve. I bet there. I
3: bet there are some cultural things in that that we may be unaware of too. Yeah, that-
2: Pete, can you answer that? Can you talk? To
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but there are also extreme scenarios where people just don't necessarily leave anyway, right? Like, you could be in a war-torn country, whether it's for poverty reasons or for lack of access. There are those people who just don't escape a certain situation.
5: But, Marco, that's, like, real-life stuff. This is, like, but then, a like, mosquito impregnated a woman. If that yo, happens,
0: sure. are you hanging out? Yo, but, but like, there are fucked-up shit that happened to people. Like I what? Mean, yeah, the, but
3: There are stories <laughs> of when uh, Mount St. Helens
5: erupted of people who just didn't leave. Okay, that's yeah. a real thing, though. Like... These are things that are not real, that are happening. Like, okay, that's one thing. You know that volcanoes erupt. You're aware of that, so you've made that decision. Like, okay, I'm gonna ride this out. But when a when a when a human turns into a snail and comes to school with you, do you not <laughs> say, okay, this is when I go to a different school now? Like, I, just- I think
3: not if it's in your culture. Your your culture is like, well, okay, I'm gonna ride this out, I guess.
1: All right, Eastmaster. Yeah. Uh, what culture is this? <laughs> yeah. Right. Why don't you tell I mean, us? Sit Um, listen,
3: don't try to pass that off on me. I just did. (laughs) You you dug that hole, (laughs) you're the East Master. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Oh, I didn't dig that hole for myself. You guys need to fuck off with that shit. Anyway, (laughs) I, I I think that the the point that Sean's making stands, right? Like you guys can make explanations. The fact is that the story doesn't explain why no one leaves. Like a bunch of crazy shit happens and in the beginning it's like nobody knows, so fine. Right when it's the one odd thing, but you're telling me that by chapter eight, where not one, not two, three people have publicly turned into slug monsters, and and we're and that's just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, like, yeah, or like like the fucking lighthouse, which is incinerating people. I'm like, we'll fucking tear it down eventually, like. What the fuck? Like, this whole town does nothing. There's the Like, it's an entire town of 6,000 people, apparently, who are completely inactive when anything happens ever.
5: Well, and the thing... The, the that thing, doesn't make sense. The, and by the, the way, the, her the, brother almost died there, and she still didn't care to leave.
2: The, the thing is, like, we do see this stuff in real life. The point of it, like, this is supernatural and paranormal. Like, the, 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 the connecting thread here is that People's lives are in danger, and anytime we see a natural catastrophe that kills thousands of people um, in real life, people don't leave. There's stories got- on this all the time. Wait, what? Hey, right.
0: what about in another comic book? Gotham. People don't leave Gotham. Fucked up shit happens all the time.
5: That in the case of Gotham, a lot of the people who are most impacted by the crime that takes place there are very poor and may not be able to leave Gotham. Um the difference in my mind between that and this Uzumaki situation is that in Gotham you might think, all right, well, you know what? I can't get out of here. I can't afford to leave. I'm going to roll the dice that the Joker's not going to bust my ass tonight. Whereas in Uzumaki, you're like, okay, uh well, at school where my children go, there are slug teachers now. Um my daughter got incinerated in a lighthouse. Uh, My cousin was impregnated by a mosquito and murdered people. I think I got to go before this gets any worse.
2: I don't think that's too different from Gotham.
5: I do. (laughs) All
1: right. Take Gotham out of it, right? The point that Sean and I are making is the story doesn't address why these things don't happen. And, like, the hospital thing, the resolution of that storyline is she's like, I had to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) And then they never address it again. The resolution of the story where they all get sick in a house is – Thank God we got out of there and we all got better. Oh, but wasn't wasn't the point of that chapter that this is the only house you could live in in town? But then by the next issue they haven't like you guys aren't acknowledging that like they don't address any of these things. And I think the point that you make, Phil, about after the disaster—that's several chapters in. The one the examples that Sean and I are bringing up are when everything is still fucking normal. And and like or again in the first. Fucking issue when they burn a dude and there's a giant spiral in the sky that the lake absorbs. That's a bad sign, and like no one says shit about anything ever.
3: Yeah. So, so pretty early on, and I'm I'm not gonna posit this as any sort of explanation. I'm just gonna put it out there, just throwing it out there for the conversation. Pretty early on, Shuichi says that. Um, the spiral has us all right Um, the only time we ever see we never see we never see anyone leave right so like it says Shuichi comes in and out but we only ever see him come in and then he just doesn't leave
1: well, he stops leaving after his parents die, though.
3: Right. So my point here is maybe the fact that nobody leaves is because the spiral isn't letting them.
5: I thought about that, and I I like that as an idea. The problem is that we don't have that. Like we don't have that to go on as a. There's nothing in the book other than him saying, you know, the spiral has us all it's that subtext, supports that. And and again, there are normal. We engage with normal people in the book, and, you know, when you, whenever you read a story, you put a little bit of yourself into it. If a character does something that's, like, off the wall, you're like, well, would I do that? Nah, maybe. And in this book, when I try to relate to the normal people, I can't because I wouldn't still be there. So, I, I don't know. I just I just can't. I, that doesn't resonate with me that they would stay there when all this madness is happening.
2: At the, at, at the end of the day I think it comes to your Suspension of disbelief This is a like common horror trope where people stay In extreme situations That make the audience go uh, They should get out of there When to me I think that's something I can easily suspend And I, I think in the real world People do ignore real life Catastrophes Because they think I could weather this out But again it's just it depends on your Mileage of how much you can Suspend your disbelief
1: I think the real issue is that if this was a an entire town of white teenagers, then I would believe it because that's a horror trope I've been taught to accept.
0: <laughs> Nobody pulled out a Ouija board, you know? So uh, one other theme that I wanted to touch upon and, and one that's used a lot in horror is the use of nature um, and the use of nature in the sense that it is something that is primal and other, but something that's familiar. And so something that you can sort of see and really be able to, to look at and then, and then reflect, right? So we, we've been bringing up the snail, um, that's chapter eight of this, and specifically I wanted to hear about that, the, the effectiveness of that sort of body horror element, bringing it not just from like someone getting mangled up or destroyed, but like actually introducing like another sort of element into a, a someone's body. The
2: transformation,
0: yeah, Marco. Yeah.
2: What what are you more enthralled by, the green from Swamp Thing or the spirals in this book?
0: The green. <laughs> it's a little warmer.
2: Uh, the snail chapter made me lose my damn mind. But at that point, I I I think we had been eased into the surreal weirdness that was happening. When you have know, the chapter of the girl who everyone obsesses over because she has a crescent moon on her forehead and she turns into a giant spiral, which artistically is like the most uh, iconic visual of the book, I'd say, uh, in terms of like uh, cultural penetration, because that was the only visual I really knew going into the book. Um, At that point, we had already seen some weird body stuff. The very first chapter of the book has the father of the boyfriend breaking all of his bones to fit in a cooking pot thing so like by the time we get to chapter eight and the slow kid who's got the weird creepy smile turns into a slug i was like okay i guess that's where we are now yeah
1: yeah i I had a pretty similar reaction and i would say for me that was i think the thing about the book that worked the most was the body horror um i like the the earlier chapters specifically, I think, where it has the more kind of anthology vibe, like I really liked kind of going into each issue with being like, "What's the weird thing gonna be this time?" You know, and like how how is that gonna play out, and how does it feed into the the broader mystery here? And um, I thought a lot of that stuff was really effective. And and again, I I really think that the art stands out in this book, and like those that imagery is the thing that sticks with me the most, you know? It's like if I close my eyes and think about it, I can, like, picture the dad in the pot or the the original slug transition page or the first time that you see, um, you know, all the people entwined in the row houses and stuff like that. Like, there's just so much good stuff like that. And I think those kind of human moments of people just struggling with it or reacting to it, like those are the beats that landed the best for me, for sure.
4: In
2: addition have, to that... Yeah, Dad, go ahead. I was just going to say, in addition to that, you can tell um, that the uh, the creator of this book was enraptured by uh, spirals in real life, because it was like, anytime you could think of something that had a spiral, he's like, this is going in the book! <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree that the the body horror was the best part of the book i think that the art and i'm sure we'll we'll talk about this more but i think the art was awesome and uh it's not it's not flashy or or you know bombastic and that's one of the core differences between like this and comic book art a lot of the anime that i've seen is simple but uh in this book the art is simplistic but it's disgusting and it's horrific and he manages to capture the exact moments that are going to freak you out during a during a transition a character's transformation it's like maybe in a a regular comic or even in another form of media they might go from being a human to okay i'm a monster now well this shows you the absolute worst parts of that transformation and it's freakish and i think that i think that all those things work on every level
0: Sean, you used all the good words in that. Freakish, disgusting. (laughs) Oh, yes. We'll get into this, that. Uh, Kale, sorry.
3: I saw saw recently he's come up. I think he's come to the States recently uh, for uh, a few conventions and stuff, but he was doing something for BuzzFeed and someone asked him about Animorphs and showed him (laughs) the, the covers. And he was like, and he specifically was like, can they get stuck in that middle thing? Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> that would be that would be that would be wild. Yeah, no, that's crazy.
0: I love that his mind is like, "Hey, c- can they get stuck in that?" Like, nah, it's usually like 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 pretty clear from one to the other. He's like, "Cool, I have an idea."
3: There's there's uh, this BuzzFeed video he did a, uh, uh, it was like a the top ten things that scare Junji Ito, and the last thing they tried to get him with a jump scare, and he was just like.
4: <laughs>
0: he, he, he was he's, not having it he crossed his arms and slightly cocked his head he did yeah I, th-
2: I, think, I think some of the scary stuff is like <laughs> something that was unresolved like the fact <laughs> that two snail boys breed with each other <laughs> oh that's so good eggs. Phil it's
4: 2019
2: <laughs> that's fair
3: two but snail boys can mate and have babies <laughs> if they want it's 2019 this is the future I, I, I did think it was funny on that
1: page where it was like, they're mating. They're both males. I was like, that's the part you're concerned about?
2: They're slug boys. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs>
1: if it was a boy girl and a, a boy slug and a girl slug, that would be one thing.
2: But two boy slugs? Does anyone care about marriage? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, but my bigger question is how come when we meet them uh, later, like all three of them are hanging out together again? I'm like, yo, the teacher stomped on your babies. You just forgiven him? That's it's bi- big. That's big of them. They become the really mature. Hanging out together. Remember later on when we find there's the three snails that get eaten by the gang?
0: Yeah. Was that them? That's
1: them. Yeah.
0: Oh. oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Didn't notice
1: that. It definitely is. Uh, the. What's the main girl's name again? Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie acknowledges that it's them.
3: Oh, I just thought it was... She's
1: like, oh, I know them. I haven't seen them in a while. I just thought it was uh, other snail people. Shit, Pete, I don't think mine said that. I don't remember that.
2: That might be a pretty oh well, my, my
1: translation did and I, I looked it up afterwards on the fan Waikia to like confirm that that's what it was and that's that's the case that's wild so the three of them get eaten by the gang, gang,
0: gang gang for the all right so for the next that next big um, theme we touched upon it earlier like mysticism and and sort of the the allusion to H P Lovecraft uh, a lot, especially in the very last chapter so like after the book actually concludes. There's a separate chapter called Galaxies. It's a lost chapter and it was pulled from the book. But there you can really see like the direct translation to something that is Lovecraftian. Um, so what's
1: up with that? Is that, was that originally
0: in the story or is yeah. that an after story that was written So that was later? A, like- it was originally published, uh, but I don't think he kept it in because he didn't, uh, for some reason he didn't want it in the book uh i forget why i had read it up in an interview but but it was part of it and then it was removed later
1: interesting um, I based on the way it was presented i kind of got the impression that it was like um because you kind of see that in japanese media sometimes where yeah like uh like even like the like the my hero academia movie was like oh this takes place like in the middle of season two even though we're like at the end of season three like in the manga in the or in the show whatever
0: so those elements of that larger horror obviously come into play uh, towards the end where, where the town is completely transformed. Um, the, everybody in the houses has become one homogenous, gross body. What from your, and this is going to lead us into the art, uh, what from the, your very first experience with this horror piece to this very last piece, Like, what was that? Initial scare versus now you're seeing this thing
2: Yeah, at that point I thought man, I need to go to the gym more, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's funny cuz I Think I think part of the reason that I also like I argued earlier that I think that this this could have actually been shorter Mm -hmm. and it might have been more impactful I, I kind of felt like some of the visuals ha- um, lost steam for me over time. Okay. And not because they were less good or less interesting, but because they weren't really shocking anymore. Um, like, I, I kind of feel like the pinnacle for me was, I want to say the third or fourth chapter where, um, oh, my God. Judici, right, is the boyfriend? Yeah. Shoot. Okay. When he... Thank you. When his mother is in the hospital and she's like trying to dig at her ears and stuff. Yeah. Like, that was one of the last, that was one of the last times where I got to a page and I didn't, I didn't turn the page cause I was like, Oh, I don't want to see this. I don't like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like it mm-hmm. gave me that feeling of dread and fear. And a- after a while it, it kind of just like, I got used to it. You know, it, 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 I feel like in the same way that like the characters kind of get numb to it after a while, like I did too. Sure. So I again I kind of would have liked the second arc to be like a chapter or two shorter maybe so that by the time we get there I'm not kind of like scared out.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: But if I hadn't read it in two big chunks, I might feel differently about it too. You guys ever um you guys ever have a hurricane want to sleep with you?
3: <laughs> I mean once, but it was a nasty breakup. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry to hear that, Cal. She
3: blew me, and I just, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A.
2: A plus. Dumbest joke I've ever made. (laughs) That's very dumb. (laughs) So,
0: did anyone have a similar experience to Pete? I think for me,
3: sort of my my first and last kind of um i think big big reactions were the uh the -the jack-in-the-box kid
1: oh yeah uh yeah that one was pretty bad
3: (laughs) that one that one really got me (laughs) The dude was so mangled; he had the car suspension still in him. I went,
1: "Yeah, god
3: damn,
2: dude!" I yeah, just he was, wanted
1: Netflix and chill. When he was like rolled up in that fucking wheel in the yeah. first shot, dude, it was yeah. so funny though because that was the first moment where something horrifying happened, and I laughed at it. I was just <laughs> oh, no. like, I was like, I was like, good, fuck this, fuck boy, like, yeah. get him out of here.
2: <laughs> I, th- I think I that's was... a good good. Ex- yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's a good example of the creator of the book looking at a jack-in-the-box and be like, that has a spiral.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, my my favorite part about that was like, I, I it was really funny how... It, like, again, like, a lot of the scary moments, like, they were scary, but it kept, like, kind of getting undercut for me because, like, some of the dialogue, like, the part where it's like, oh, no, his spine curved into a spring, and I was just like, that's incredible. <laughs> his fucking legs fall off, and then all of a sudden, he's just springing after them.
5: <laughs> uh, the book had me the whole time, visually.
4: Oh, right. There wasn't,
5: yeah, there wasn't ever a point where I was uh, over it or anything even things that i saw multiple times like when the brother became a slug i was like oh shit that's disgusting it's just nasty and um yeah like even even when one of the one of the nastiest things i feel like happened at the end for me when all those people were melded together in the row house that was bugged out i was like oh come on man like do we have they, to like, go push there with the corpses
1: it? out. Like, oh, it's yeah. so nasty. Can you get rid of
5: this? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong also,
1: with you? what was up with that? Why are some of them dying? And so- I'm so confused. But that's fine. I don't need to know.
2: That's off to the guy from outside of town who feels obligated to <laughs> drag to their bodies.
0: That would be Phil. So we've uh, going back to the. <laughs> The very pretty words that uh, Sean used—gross, disgusting. This is all stuff that we can use to describe Jujitsu's art, uh, and I specifically love that. Um, what was maybe? Well, all right, What was your favorite like moment? Because uh, one one thing that, and we interviewed Tyler Crook uh, on the main show a couple a couple weeks back, um, a couple months back at this point, and. One of the things that he said was like he uses color a lot to sort of emphasize uh, like a sudden emotion or a sudden change of state in in this book or in, in a book. This is black Tyler, and white. And Tyler Crook does. Tyler Crook, yes. Uh, this is black and white. There's no use of color. You just have to sort of use pacing to sort of manage that and use uh, just your natural fucked up talent, right? Um, what was that favorite piece or that piece that sort of called you and was like, wow, this guy's like crushing it, or it was a moment that you sort of stopped you. Uh,
3: before, before you guys answer, sorry, did your editions not have color? Only the beginnings of some of the chapters have color. Yeah, okay. Me. Yeah, I was, some. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask about
5: that. Man, the first one that that grabbed me, uh, I I don't remember because I was grabbed every single time something horrific happened. I'm not even joking. Like I I don't have a, I'm not. I'm not squeamish, but I also don't have a tolerance for horror. So anything, you know, gross will will just stop me dead in my tracks. But the things that I think about, the things that I recall specifically, um, was you know obviously when that guy turned into a into a snail that that kid that was really disgusting. <laughs> um, the the pregnant murderer yep. woman that yep. was. Yeah. That That was was bad. Really bad, yeah.
2: Specifically when the doctor puts the baby back in. That was
5: so fucked up.
2: I never even thought of something like that.
5: That was (laughs) just nasty on every level. And then uh, the obvious one, right? Like the spiral head girl. That was insane. Uh, And I remember being like, I hope she doesn't have a a, a freaking spiral in her head. Like, (laughs) don't let that be what this is. Because I had (laughs) never seen that image before.
0: And then of course
5: either. that's what the, that's what it ended up being. Oh and 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 last call out the kid the kid who, who's inside the tire man like what the hell the kid that gets run over by yeah. the car is the best. <laughs> Yo you know what I probably shouldn't even say this right now but whatever I'm going to say it. I w- I watched a video oh, of no. that really happening the other day. Oh no. <sighs> oh, oh god that's no. fucked up. Yeah. The world is horrifying, uh, and you want to know what's even worse? Well, I don't know if it's worse. It doesn't matter where it was. was like, but it, I felt nothing. It, well, listen, no, it was actually in Asia. That's the crazy part. It was, it was somewhere oh, over man. there. But it was, it wasn't a kid. It was an old man. Oh, okay, disease. it's fine then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you monsters! <laughs> <I'm>
1: just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if it's this kid, fuck him. Like, uh, Why? The the -the Jack-in-the-Box kid, he was a fuckboy. Fuck him, dude. So he deserves to get
5: run over by a car? He ran in front of the car,
1: dude! Fuck him! You're a
5: sick freak. (laughs) What is wrong with you?
1: He's been watching so much anime. (laughs) <laughs> the first time I said it Kale nodded so I, I feel bad. Uh, listen,
3: I still <laughs> agree.
5: Well, we know what time it is with Kale. I just didn't realize that you were a sickle.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
3: late night violence over here at 1:30 in the morning. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the uh
1: the, the first one that stuck out to me was definitely the dad in the barrel cuz it's the first time that we really get the insane body like distortion and everything and that like i can picture that clear as a fucking bell you know in my head um so that one definitely stuck with me but one of the weird moments that actually like really like bothered me kind of um not in a way that it was like bad storytelling or something but the, the the chapter with the the hurricane business when that woman came over to help And the hurricane sucks her up because it thought that she was the main girl. And then it just flung her in and her head hit the fucking – it was, like, so graphic. And I don't know why it bothered me so much, but I think it was just because it was so, like, senseless. Like, all the other violence, like, was, like – it was horror. It, like, was – it was getting you in – like, that was just, like, oh, my God. Like, it was so vicious. Yeah,
2: listen. I don't know why.
1: It really stuck out to me, though.
2: If if a hurricane is trying to bang you, do not trick it. <laughs> it, <laughs> it will not go well.
3: Oh my god! I think I think to sort of um, lean into the effective use of horror. I think the um, the the moment when you first see uh, the boyfriend's dad in the the spiral clouds.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh in the smoke. God!
3: I thought I thought like that was that's like a like. If you saw that in real life that would be fucking horrifying but it also at the same time like it, it's an expertly drawn image obviously but it also it also evokes you know the the emotion of what the fuck is going on here and I think I think that's was an incredible uh use of of the genre
1: I think the uh, the pottery is similar too like the the haunted pottery that comes out of the kiln is like a similar kind of like it's not scary in an, in and of itself but it's very beautiful and eerie and it's, it's like horrific. When, when you finally yeah and when you finally get the faces revealed you're like okay like there's clearly something sinister going on here you know
0: my 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 moment was the uh the mother suichi's mother and like getting stabbed in the ear and then well for, for me well, it was it was right after that it was the fact that she then had to like have vertigo for like the rest of her life like that was the part where i was like wow that's it, it obviously you you just had the graphic horror of just like oh she's you know stabbed herself in the ear but then right in the next panel was, like you just upped that by yeah. having her yeah. to suffer yeah and torture yeah, that,
3: that that would be exactly that, and, and that really sat with me on this one too yeah
1: those are oh, s- such good moments. Yeah, see, it's funny to me because, like, those are the things that I thought were the best <clears throat> were all of the, like, personal moments like that. It was, like, the story, the world building where, like, I felt like it wasn't, like, as effective at, like, really getting that, like, getting that same, like, bang out of me, you know? Like, the that that's a quiet moment. The idea of, like, even if there was nothing supernatural going on, that would be, a, that would have been an effective moment of horror.
0: Yeah. Right? Uh Sean something you had mentioned uh with regards to storytelling specifically how like you could if you had removed the text from this page you can still make out what was going on and stuff like how you mentioned it was really effective can you say, just say more
5: Yeah I I think that good visual storytelling means on the visual side that things are placed and positioned in such a way where you can understand What is what's the feeling behind the conversation and all dialogue is is expressing through words what these characters feel. So if you were to watch a conversation happen with two people sitting down at a coffee shop and you couldn't hear them, you would generally be able to tell what's the mood of that conversation by their body language and visual storytellers are supposed to be the masters of that. And I think that this is a great example of that, because you really don't have to read the dialogue because it's so plain and simple, the dialogue, that it's not giving you a ton of insight into the moment. The visuals say it all, especially in horror. You need to be able to do that well, because especially with horror, you're looking at the images and they're supposed to evoke such big emotion out of you. And they do. And the characters' bodies and how they're used—not just in the horror moments, but the fear on their faces and all those kind of things—do a great job of selling what's happening here to the point where you could absolutely strip basically all the dialogue out of this book and still get the experience. But you know what's funny? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I I did want to add that I liked <laughs> I liked the over-the-top uh, lettering and the, the mm. boxes when something crazy was going on because I was like, that is exactly how loud I would be yelling right now. When Shuichi was like... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're all insane! And the big... like, That is exactly what I would be doing. And it may, it's perfect.
0: Anyone else want to add? Uh, Pete, you wanted to jump in.
1: Um, I wanted to jump in on something you had said
5: before. What was the point
1: you made right before that?
0: Me or
5: uh, I, was, I, I was just saying how the the art tells the story without necessarily needing the dialogue. I remember what it was that you said
1: before. You mentioned the thing about the look on their faces. Um, I thought the the facial acting was really impressive often, and one of the the things that I noticed over time, and I, I kind of want to read read it again and see if it was there from the beginning, was that like I noticed in a lot of. Um, A lot of characters who were either affected or becoming affected, or that you were—I feel like you were supposed to have the impression were starting to, you know, lose their mind or whatever. You would just have random people with like a slight kind of black film over their eyes, like instead of actually showing their eyes, and it—it was a very like subtle thing. But when I finally noticed it, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, and it—it really. it gives this like vibe of, of of like the of the person not really being there you know the
3: humanity's being driven away yeah
1: yeah yeah it's very dehumanizing. It kind of reminds me of um, like what Sean said about the way the choice to present the X-Men without their faces in the first issue of House of X, right where it's like it, it's it's very very dehumanizing uh, and considering that like you have a lot of people, who exhibit that kind of like classic? Uh, I feel like every time that I, I've ever seen a character in an anime like lose their mind, like they'll they'll be the people who kind of have that like that weird like they're talking very normally, but you can tell like out of nowhere all of a sudden that they're like psychotic, like yeah. the kids, you know, who are like, oh, let's kill her. Oh, I right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. whoa, like fuck, like. <laughs>
5: That's one of my favorite things, man. I'm glad you called that out because I forgot about that. But I love that. I love when people are like on the verge of insanity and like you can't tell because they're acting normal. But then they say that one crazy thing where like, oh, you're nuts. I'm out of here. You're like, oh.
1: Yeah, right. As someone who grew up in New York City, I'm sure you've had that moment few too many times in your
5: life. Oh, without question.
0: You see him walking the street. You're like, oh, let's cross. Yeah. I've had <laughs> it happen I with I friends. I'm afraid for my life right now. <laughs> what? Um, all right. So the unless anyone has anything else to say on the art. Piece, Sorry. I'm- just just one more thing on that moment with those
1: kids. Remember how after she like figures it out, she's like, "Oh fuck, I murdered a child." Like that.
0: <laughs> well, that and was then, great too. And then they come back, and then like, and then it's like, "Oh, so you guys are okay?" What about the other boy? And he's like, "He's dead." And then they just like totally wrap her in a uh, a, a twister
1: yeah yeah that shit was fucked up
0: (laughs) so um so does anyone else have anything on the art i'm gonna transition us into the characters really quick you good
1: the art is phenomenal
0: period um but uh what was the most inventive use of a spiral because he he obviously uses it physically but he uses it in other, in other ways, either via nature, psychological. What was your favorite expression of a spiral and, and what you could capture in that essence?
2: The one that made me the most uncomfortable was very early on, where the dad of the boyfriend is talking to the, his son's girlfriend. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. The spiral... Is in all of us, and he's like, "Watch!" And he just starts spinning his eyes. <laughs> oh my god! Separately. Yeah,
4: that was bad. <laughs> I
2: was like, "Oh no!" This book is going a direction. All right.
5: <laughs> I'm with you on that. That was freakish. Yeah. I actually
2: think I agree with you. I think that's definitely the most unsettling usage of it. Just imagine. I'm sorry. Just imagine you, you're just like starting to like date someone, or you're just starting to like get into them, and like they introduce you to their parents, and they just stop you in the hallway. And they're like, "No, watch this." <laughs> and the first thing I would think is like, "Is this shit hereditary?"
5: <laughs> See, and that's the problem with you, right? Because if i saw that let's say my girlfriend's mother or father was like hey check this crazy shit out and they just turned their eyes in their head i'm done with the family there's no one in that family i want to know anymore i don't care about my girlfriend anymore we're done i'm out i don't know yeah it feels like i could probably still make this work the hell See that's never mind I, never mind No no no, no saying say it. It. this say is, it. is why white people die in horror movies Yes
2: it's
0: true Yes
5: that's it's exactly fucking why. true That is exactly why that mentality right there Phil
2: I'm with you on that one man like No 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 let's be clear in any horror movie I'm like the first one dead
5: <laughs> Phil's the guy why why don't we go
1: into the basement <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile Sean and I are already in the car like
5: nope no basement out. What not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Phil's the dude that Phil's the guy that gets killed having sex in <laughs> at, at the at the at the Crystal Lake. He's that he's that <laughs> kid. Not me. No. No. Oh, Marco, Phil's too, maybe, tall. Maybe,
2: I don't know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Hey, man, it's okay. You well, know, as we far can, as yeah. that, as far as that hasn't happened yet already. <laughs> I like I like how upset Marco is that
1: he's not murdered in this scenario. <laughs> well, I know specifically that I'm not murdered being
0: the one having the sex. I mean, you could have sex, maybe just not at the lake. Sure. Okay. Um, Kale, did we get yours? <laughs> not at all.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that uh, diversion, <laughs> but. Uh...
2: No, I was. Uh, you just spat a lot of truth. It's okay. <laughs> just facts.
3: I th- I think for me probably the weirdest one was the the snakes um oh, and okay. how it sort of led to the um the people wrapping uh, themselves around each other. Yeah,
1: the like Romeo and Juliet story.
3: Yeah, the two young lovers.
1: <sighs> yeah, that one was fucked up too. I like that I just, one a lot. I mm-hmm. I I
3: I, f- I, f- I feel I feel like with some of these you can kind of see how he would come up with something you know like maybe his oh maybe it was his cousin that was pregnant and he went oh i got an idea and then like or he looked up in the sky and was like oh spiral galaxies i've got it snails cool but i feel like this one he probably had to like look up (laughs) he's like what do snakes look like when they fuck snakes huh snakes are weird yeah let's see if i can find something with snakes
4: (laughs) snakes coil
3: (laughs) what
2: my favorite ending to any Shakespeare book is at the end of Romeo and Juliet when they coil together and escape to the sea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would have been a really better shakes. ending. My, uh, my, my favorite was the curly hair, specifically because I then looked at Marinette and was like, yo, would you ever kill me? She's like, under the right circumstances. <laughs> Whoa. So that was frightening.
2: Okay, well, now yeah. you know. If she ever goes crazy, you're donezo. <laughs>
0: Um, so,
1: Sean, he, here's the thing: the oh. fact that Marco hasn't moved out, I think,
5: proves the theory that he would die in the horror movie. That's a good point too. If I if I go home right now and ask my girlfriend, "Oh, would you kill me?" and she says, "Yes," okay, bye.
0: No, no, no That's under all. the right circumstances, I haven't just there, crossed no. that
5: threshold. What <laughs> circumstance other than listen?
3: Other than hey, fellas, going hey, crazy, fellas, ma- married guy here. Uh, <laughs> she gonna get you. It's just a, it's just a matter of time. Have you it's died yet?
5: Have do you have experience in this matter?
3: It's not my time yet,
1: but it's coming, and I know it. She's batting him up, batting him up.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, so the for the characters specifically, uh, Pete, I think you wanted to talk about Shuichi.
1: Uh, I, I wanted to talk about the characters in general. Um, because I, I, that was one of the, the places where I felt like the story was kind of a miss for me. Um, and it, and it, this was one of the things I was talking about in the beginning where I, I feel like this is, um, a thing I notice in a lot of Japanese media where I feel like there are a lot of stories that are, uh, ensemble casts. And, uh, I thought in this story specifically that that was to its detriment. Uh, I thought that there were like way too many characters, after a while um because like we introduce a ton of new characters 14 chapters in and like i don't know any of their names and like they show up a lot and there were times where i was like is this the guy i'm thinking of and i'd have to go back and look and make sure that it was who i thought it was and like honestly the entire introduction of the um other like supporting main character the the reporter woman who becomes friends with our, our leads i was kind of like i don't really see what purpose she serves other than to have a character that has a name that is is a good guy die you know um and like uh i felt like her like father's arc where he's set up to like kind of lose his mind and be obsessed but then like nothing ever really comes of it again but they're like we're worried about him but it's like yeah i mean he lost his mind like a week ago, and nothing's (laughs) happened, you know? So, like, I I, and even the boyfriend. Like, I feel like he is uh, the main supporting character for the first couple chapters, and then he kind of, like, goes away for a while, and then he comes back, and she's even like, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. And I was like, me neither, as a reader. (laughs) Where's he been this whole time? And... And, like, I feel like his whole thing of being, like, he so knows everything and is, like, what are we doing? Why aren't we leaving? And then he's, like, becomes this totally passive character who doesn't do anything for a really long time and then shows up again and will, like, do an action move every once in a while. And it's kind of, like, I I why are we introducing new characters <coughs> when the first batch of characters that you gave me don't really feel like they're as fleshed out as they could be for 20 chapters?
5: That was probably the biggest problem I had with the book. I take umbrage with stories that have passive characters because I think that the most interesting thing in stories is characters. Um, some people are plot first, some people are, you know, character first. I like the characters. And this is very much a story of characters who are not driving. They are slaves to their environment. And they don't do anything to try to overcome it in, in any real way. Um, not until the very, very end where they decide to dip out. And that's, you know, that's just like... It feels more like that had to happen because the writer wanted us to see what was inside the labyrinth. And they needed to die than any other real reason. Um, and so when no, when no character is driving the action that's a story that I'm going to have a tough time with. And that was definitely this. So I don't really have anything to say about the characters because they don't do anything. They're vessels. yeah, And, and, and I'm, vessels for not much.
0: And, and, and I'm actually I am feel like this, a lot of their interpersonal... Oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same spot where like... Uh, it was actually one of the reasons that I was just wanted to talk about sort of like the themes and the art was because for me, they they are very much passive characters just reacting. And to me, the... The focus of this book and uh definitely hear you on that because i i agree like the focus of this book wasn't so much how they interacted with each other or with like these elements it was so much it was m- much more about how they just experienced what we were seeing and and that i feel can be can be frustrating um yeah
1: i think it works better in a shorter
0: story
5: sure or an anthology
0: Mm-hmm.
1: or an anthology right to sean's point if it was different characters every issue that might have worked better too um <clears throat> and i feel like the thing that bugged me the most is again like because we're introducing new characters and everything like as the story progresses the fact that like i don't really like i feel like the main girl has a different female friend <laughs> at school in every issue and like they give her a name and it's like who is she like she's there and then she's not and whatever. Okay um and like just the way that they interact with each other feels like so not realistic in terms of how people like talk to each other like there's that scene where they're sitting on the beach and the main girl is like oh i think i would have been i would have been dead if it wasn't for you and he doesn't say anything and it's like okay like and then she doesn't react to the fact that he doesn't say anything and or like every time he does something abnormal and she's like he's been acting weird lately and it's like Yeah, his parents both died, like, three days ago. And, like, uh, like, the whole fucking town is haunted. Yeah, he's acting weird.
5: That's the key, is that we talked earlier about people not leaving the town. Well, people aren't not just leaving the town. They don't give a damn what's happening. They're like, oh, this is bugged out. Oh, well. I'm going to school. What are you doing?
3: Man. (laughs) any of this shit happens on the New York City subway you can't tell me you're not looking up from your phone
5: going man I'm just trying to get to work fuck well New York is that spiral town
2: <laughs>
5: that's you
3: just proved my whole point
2: <laughs> um,
3: as, as for me yeah the characters the characters are probably the weakest part of, of this story um, but I don't know for me it wasn't as much of an issue as it as it was for Pete and Sean
0: Billy?
2: yeah I mean I don't care about the characters I don't know their names that's not the point of the story <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: alright oh you know what I do have one more thing on that uh, oh, and I that. guess this is more of an art thing but it was just that um, fuck you Kale uh I I really disliked the balloon work. Really? Like I don't I don't know if this was like a maybe it's different in my uh translation but like they none of them had tails really. Like they had these little tiny tails and it was so hard to like tell who was talking in scenes with multiple people. And it was especially egregious I thought because balloons like would be on opposite parts of the page. And it would be the same person talking, and like there's no indication that it's them continuing to talk, and no no like nothing, you know. And it was like very all over the place. And the fact that like um, anytime that there was like the narration that they would always like break it up into two cells across the page was very weird. And like I thought it was like mess with the pacing.
0: That's also I think like a a translation thing. Just like like for because sometimes words would be captured in smaller balloons and it's just from the the, like a text perspective um yeah yeah yeah. but but yeah but but here you on some of them uh the small tails i think is a stylistic choice more so Hmm. so yeah and
3: i think i think the the sort of um the placement of the balloons is also i that's also a fairly common uh manga i don't know Stylization, I, I, I guess. I wrote that in
1: my notes. I was like, I don't know if this is like a manga thing or if this was just like a an Edo thing. Um, so that's that's interesting. You know, I guess that's something like if I want to read more manga, I'm gonna have to. It's like a you kind of thing you gotta I, like learn how to do.
3: Yeah, you kind of. I feel and Marco, you you might be able to say more about this. I feel like you you do kind of just learn to keep track of who is speaking it,
0: it, it, cuz it also comes down to langu- language like in in language you can associate a word to a person without having to refer to them sometimes in, in Japanese so um you don't like that's why some of the the text oh. say like some of the text Ooh. might say like the, like this person's talking but it's because contextually in the language they're associating an action to a person so sometimes that gets right. lost
1: that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't considered that.
0: Um, but I have one question before we close out. Did anyone have anything pressing they wanted to, to say? If any final words on this book before my last question?
4: Um,
2: uh, I think it's it's weird because like I read this. It's my first manga I've ever read from beginning to end, and then that leads to the follow up question. It's like, should I read more manga? And obviously, the answer is yes. But the real question is, will I read more manga? And I don't know. Can you promise me, Marco, that other manga is as good as this one?
0: Uh, I can promise you that some will be worse and some will be better.
2: Uh, all right, it's like anything else. Yes, I don't know if I'll ever read another manga. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, Well, actually, that, 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 that's a that's a good question. No one, I think, only Kale has read an, uh, another manga? No, uh, I,
5: I, I had read... Uh, some showing jumps and then one other one that I can't remember the name of at all.
0: Got it. Uh, Pete, I'm curious about how how was this experience? I really
5: enjoyed it.
1: I was pleasantly surprised because I I think something that helped me too is that the version that I read um, was flipped so that you read it like the way that Westerners read left to right which is I think always the that's always really the biggest gap uh, like barrier of entry for me with manga is like I just struggle to read like from right to right, you gotta like switch to
0: your brain on that. Like from years of yeah. reading
1: it, right, right. Like I'm an avid reader and have been for you know two decades now. So uh, it's it's a it's like a muscle memory thing that like I need to get over. I think if I wanna get into it, but so this I thought was like actually a really good um, kind of like dip dip in for me. It was a good like way to to try it out. And, and see if I liked it, and I did. And it's funny because I I found it actually a lot more appealing than anime in general uh, has been for me, which is interesting. Um, so it's it's something that I'm definitely interested in in potentially exploring more of. And uh, you know, I I have to get some recommendations from you.
0: Sean, was this a better experience than the Shonen Jump books you had you had read?
5: Yeah, partially because I'm I'm more versed in reading comics, so the idea of paneling the you know. The idea of word balloons is something that I get more now. Um, It was a little jarring in the beginning, you know, reorienting myself with the way that this works. But beyond that, it was fine. Um, And uh, I I guess I realized, you know, and maybe this will change, but... I think what I've realized through my, you know, limited, admittedly, experience is that I don't think manga is for me.
0: Nah, you're wrong. You haven't found the right one. <laughs>
5: <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I just, they, they, they again, the word that comes to mind is, is hollow. Um, right. I need my characters to feel like they have breath, and these don't. And I've never read characters that feel like they have that in this in this space.
0: Hmm. hmm all right. Challenge accepted. Ooh. Now I know what to do like for my that. next manga. Alright, alright. Um all <laughs> so, well,
1: Marco's book clubs are gonna be fucking manga now.
0: Yo, so all right, so before we close out the the show, last question. At what point do y'all dip? At what point do you go, nah, fuck this?
5: Instantly.
4: I, that's it,
0: yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: I said at the beginning of the show, my dad dies because of the spiral. My mom cuts her fingertips off and dies.
5: I'm out.
4: <laughs> it's like, I'm if, done. If I'm I, I even
5: see a spiral, like, hold the hold the phone, because in the beginning of the book, <laughs> there's like, let, let's take a look. Alright, so there's the creepy ass guy laughing, right? He's, he spins his eyeballs. That's all I need. <laughs> uh, that is actually all I need. And then, and then, Within a couple within within two pages, there's a there is literally a tornado in the middle of the street. It's and you stayed? Nah. That's that ain't no gust. What gust you've seen that looks like? You've that? never seen you've never sweep
0: seen, you up. You never seen like the, the, the leaf twisters and shit that look
5: scary? Yeah, okay, a leaf twister. This was literally <laughs> this was literally the kind of thing that you go in and you die. This is not that's not normal. I'm out.
4: See ya. <laughs>
1: Yeah, honestly, for me, like if I'm, if I'm from the point of view of our of our protagonists, like the first time that the boyfriend's like, let's get the fuck out of dodge, I'm like, yeah,
2: let's go. Great like, idea. This shit is, I'm done. Like, get the fuck out of here. For me, it's definitely Jack in the Box boy from
5: the grave.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs>
2: you would
5: have died you would have already.
0: Lasted, <laughs> you're already trapped. You're you already have, trapped, man. You would have been the snail. Oh, Get <laughs> The thing
1: is, that. I, I honestly think Phil is probably the most likely to one to turn into a slug because he'd come off one of his crazy work shifts and be so fucking tired he'd
5: be moving so slow he'd start spiral. I feel like Kale would be the most likely to turn into a slug.
3: <laughs> nah, bitch. I live somewhere else.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this
3: ain't happening to me. I live somewhere else.
2: Well, that's weird because I've been reading in a major journalism article, uh, periodical uh, stuff uh, that spirals have been appearing all over Europe. That sounds real. Yeah, I'm yeah. a scientist.
5: Well, this ain't science, it's magic.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, are you a
1: scientist
2: or did you read it in a serious journalistic publication? <laughs> I am a magic scientist that uh, reads serious publications on journalism. Oh, so, magic Kel, you're scientist, fucked. I see
4: heard
1: you he's he's currently uh working on a project to research them with alan moore fellow (laughs) magic scientist
2: (laughs) please Uh, call me dr
1: moore (laughs)
3: alan moore phil and junji ito are all in the same building (laughs) trying to
0: yo who would who would you pair with junji ito if you had to write like an american comic book or something
5: nobody i'd let him do it
2: yeah i agree yeah that's how I feel. Wait,
5: you mean who would who would draw it or who would write it? Who would write it? Yeah. Ra- oh, man. Grant Morrison.
2: Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: oh yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. If I have to, yeah, Grant,
2: big time. That'd be fun. That, I'm surprised that hasn't happened because that sounds like something Grant would be like, oh, that sounds like a great opportunity.
0: I think he's actually done something with um, uh, uh, New Gaiman, I think, actually.
2: Yeah, that's not surprising either. Yeah, I can
1: All see right. that
0: being
2: really good, too.
0: At any rate, thank you guys for joining. Uh, before we close out, will you review this? I mean, sorry, would you uh, <laughs> give this to somebody else, and what would you rate it?
2: Oh, um, yeah, of course I would give this to someone else. I would have to give it to a very specific person. Like, someone someone like Marco that loves body horror shit and weird shit. Yeah, but if I'm going to give this to Joe plain butt, probably not um
3: well joe Plainbutt's he's a i mean he's a hard recommend
2: he really is he likes archie (laughs) and nothing else um (laughs) um but yeah absolutely this this was terrific this ranks up there with any of the best horror stuff i've consumed in my life it's great
5: this isn't a gift that you recommend to an individual. This is a curse, okay? <laughs> what?
0: I gave this to <laughs> one like, of my like, best college friends. It was like, well, she's into like murderers and shit like that. So I am I and now it's she's like, spinning it's like, her eyeballs.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like Marco. It's last like Marco time said it. to her,
0: Marco, <laughs> uh, last week.
4: It's
3: like Marco said at the beginning of the show. This it takes something with you.
5: <laughs> uh, I would, uh I don't have people in my life that I strongly feel like I would recommend this to. I think, um, again, it's 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 a very, very specific kind of person. And, I you know, I have people in my life who read manga, but not necessarily horror lovers. So, it's kind of a niche within a niche within a niche. But I think that for someone who appreciates specifically Cthulhu-type horror stories, specifically... Body horror. uh Absolutely, this is something that you would like to read, and then also just the fact that there's such a moment around this book right now, where there were there's art, tons of articles about it. They're doing a, a, a TV show, I think. A, a,
0: a yeah, adult and, uh, doing an adaptation. Oh, is it also? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a uh, miniseries. And I talked about it. Yes. Yeah, it
1: is four episode miniseries. It's being it's in black and white. And uh, I think Ito is is like working on it as well. Oh. Kale and I talked about it on episode one forty nine of the Comics Pal's proper. If you want to go check it
5: out, yeah. So I think that to even be a part of that conversation, it, it's a, it's probably the best time of all time to read
0: this. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Pete, Kale,
1: yeah, uh, I definitely would recommend it to people, and I actually plan on recommending it to a few people who I know are. Um, somewhere in the Venn diagram of liking horror comics or manga you know and I, I have a few people in mind who I think will enjoy it um, and I and I think it's uh, I think it's actually a really a pretty accessible book as long as you have the stomach for it you know um, because it's self-contained it's pretty easy to follow uh, it's substantial without being super dense so uh, yeah I, I I think it's actually it's it's a it's a good book to recommend, I would say. And uh, for me, like as somebody who has never read a manga all the way through, like I found it to be a really good introduction to the medium. As somebody who's familiar with Western comics, so Yay. yeah. And uh, as as for a rating, I think I, I'd give it like a solid like eight five, you know, like nine range somewhere okay. in
4: there. All
5: right. Whoa, Whoa, that's good. really high, considering uh, yeah. all the problems you had with it. I, yeah, I can I, criticize something and enjoy it. Of course you I can, really, but, that, but the, the criticisms that you had were high compared to the number you
4: was
3: <laughs> Yeah, I really like it, and I was only going to give it a 7, 7.5. Uh, for me, uh, I don't know that I would readily recommend this. Um, I, I agree. I think it, it does take a very specific type of person, and uh, I think pretty much anyone that I would recommend this to, they've probably already read it. Uh, but if someone, uh, saw it on my bookshelf and started asking me questions about it, I would, then I would, re- I would recommend it. Uh, with. I you thought
1: know. you were going to say you'd hide it. I, it's high
3: up, so no children can get it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandma uh, just starts flipping through it. Caleb! <laughs> Listen, my grandma's seen some shit. Uh,. Yeah, I said uh for rating seven seven and a
0: half. Oh okay. Uh, and that's so and that's I really enjoyed it. Phil so you went. Uh
2: yeah, I, I've already actually recommended it to people. When I finished it I recommended it to a few people, but rating wise I, I didn't give it a rating. Um I don't know, like probably like I'd probably give it a nine.
0: Honestly. Oh, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, I'm also giving this a 9. I think your, uh, all your points on the, the story and like the characters are, are super valid, and I think that was something that would have enhanced the story a little bit more if we got to see a little bit more of that emotion from them versus just reactions. Um, but for me, this hit all the Marco marks. So Woo-hoo, definitely, marks. definitely. Yeah, dude, definitely I up there. I love that. Um, and yeah, I've actually... Uh, I've I've definitely recommended it to a bunch of people, um,
1: like the four of us.
0: Well, like and like uh, my brother, a uh, bunch of college friends, like like people that like I know are into horror shit, like the good horror shit. I'm like, yes, this is for you. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you guys, thank you guys for sharing this with me. I or sharing in this with me because it was something that I have been definitely pushing on you guys for a while. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. These are always super fun, uh, especially when I get to talk about ma- uh, manga stuff. So definitely come back, join us. Um, you can find us at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, come in, swing by, go listen to an episode. We're here for you, and we're ready to talk comics. So uh, always tune in. We have a bunch of stuff on YouTube. I think by the time that this comes out, we would have uh, been at New York Comic Con. So go check out our New York Comic Con stuff. Definitely a lot of uh, interviews coming out of that and a lot of good news coming out of that, especially for the uh, those of you who like to stay privy on top of that. And uh, find us wherever you listen to your audio. Uh, Spotify, SoundCloud. I use Overcast because that's a dope-ass app. And the next book club on the list is going to be Secret Wars. So uh, I know oh. Sean's super excited about that. Uh, And I'm super excited to read that. So thank you guys again. And until next time. Join me down the spiral.
5: See you next month. Just like LL Cool J from Halloween H2O. I am the black guy who will survive (laughs) the spiral.